Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of my Q&A show. Today, I have Ramon with me, Ramon Pippins. I'm super excited about having him on this show because uh, he's one of my closer friends. I, I know him very well. And just like the last two people that I've had, Mike, on, Mike Trotter on the first episode, then we had Michael Sullivan last week, uh, his story is awesome. And the cool thing about this Q&A show is the ability to step into somebody's life and, and learn about their story and find, a little, find out a little bit more about them that you normally wouldn't get um, from an everyday conversation. So without further ado, I want to jump right into it today. Uh, Ramon, tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about where you're from. Um, tell, us what you, tell us what you do personally and what you're trying to accomplish um, from there. So uh, let's, let's get to it. Um, my name is Ramon Pippins. I was born in San Diego, California on 88. Um, now I'm a personal trainer at Gold Express and Normal, um, and pretty much what I'm working towards my ultimate goal is to have my own gym and be able to help um, pretty much a community of people, um, mainly involving like drug and rehab okay. type of people. Um, had a little experience with that, so it's mm -hmm. understanding what people are going through at that point in time in their life when they do hit rock bottom or they discover something about themselves. Yeah, um, it's telling, educating them to let them know that they're not bad. It's and how long have you been a trainer for? Three years. Three years, and yeah. you said that you want to help people with alcohol and rehab. Yeah, but what pretty much use the gym. Um, I had that issue okay. uh, a couple years ago, and it, 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 it affected a lot in my life, and I didn't know how to control it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I thought it was fine. You know, everybody does this. Everybody goes out and gets drunk. Mm -hmm. um, but I was making a lot of poor decisions, and then it led up to me, you know, legally getting in trouble. Okay. Um, and that for me was my window for me to get through and get help. Awesome. Because um, I didn't want to do it on my own. Yeah. So definitely. All right. Um, and that, you just talked about how you've been through some legal trouble yeah. and you've had uh, some things happen the last few years, especially with the alcohol. But before we get to any of that, uh, let's find out a little bit about your backstory a little bit. So, where did you said you're from? California. Yeah. Right. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. When did you move here to Illinois, yeah. and what was that like? Uh, moved here when I was seven when my mom got married uh, to my stepdad. Um, but I mean, it was cool, you know, it was warm weather. It wasn't none of this Illinois weather that we have now. Um, but I mean, it, it was just, to me, what I remember the most was the simple stuff. Um, we were poor, um, but my mom didn't really stress that out a lot. You know, I, I thought we were fine. You know, I thought everybody else yeah. lived like that. Um, but, you know, she did little things to kind of show us, hey, there's something else better out there. You yeah. know, we're not always gonna be here. Um, but I had a lot of her family down there from her side. They were all close and you know, we had family around um, But moving here it was kind of weird because I've never seen snow before Okay, um, and didn't have anybody here, you know, it was yeah. just literally my mom my stepdad my sister um, Later my brother came um, But and then my little sister, but it's just you know it, It's just weird doing that making that transition seeing how people live differently from the West Coast yeah. to the Midwest um, and so what's different? What uh, you know? What's um, different from east east coast to west? I would say I don't even know. I don't even know if we're if we're on either. We're like in the middle. So what, yeah. what was that? What's um, different? For me, where I grew up, it was kind of more a hood. Okay. Um, it was a it was a lot of gang activity, mm -hmm. um, but it was just how people carried themselves. We had more swag, I guess. Okay. Um, the people here, but it was just that that attitude. Um, I've been told this since I, I was a kid. Like it's just something different about me that I don't fit in here. Cali, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, it's, I, I think it's just a mindset overall, and you'll you see that when you make trips, you know, see how people live differently, how they might do something different from what you do, okay. um, which I think is is amazing because then you're able to see that even though we're so different, we're still 
not all that white, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so you said that we're, I mean, it's just, you carry yourself differently. Yeah. You said you have a little more swag. Yeah. Uh, and you say you used to, you came here with your, your mom, what's her name? Rosario. Rosario. Yeah. Um, and what's she like? Um, she was a very short, beautiful woman, Hispanic, mm -hmm. um, can cook her butt off, soul food, any type of food. Um, and she's a very hard working woman. She loves to help people no matter what. Um, if she got five dollars and you needed it and that was your last five, she'd give it to you. Um, you know, I, I learned a lot from her. People around this town, they know her. Oh, you're Rosario's son. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's a... So what does that mean? Says so she's very caring and she knows how to cook really well and uh, a lot of people know her. What, what does that mean? Um, to me, it kind of set an example of what I need to strive for. Um, because my mom always told me when I was younger and even still to this day, I want you to be better than what I did. Because mm -hmm. um, to me, she's still, she's at the top. She uh, works at the courthouse, she's an interpreter. Ah, um, okay. And she also works at a restaurant where she's a, a waitress. And again, it's still helping people out. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, that's her true calling. And she's always had it and she instilled that in us as kids. Um, and we're all like that. So. So, she, so you said that she sets an example and she instilled that into you when you were a kid. So yeah. what do you mean by that? Because that can mean a lot of things, a lot of different people. Um, she grew up in Mexico. Um, she didn't have much schooling, but when she came here, she got her GED done. But she always stressed to us getting her education, taking advantage of what we have. Okay. Um, she used to call us lazy because uh, I didn't want to go to school. Mm -hmm. um, and she said, no, I don't feel like it. She goes, if I had the opportunity to go, I would go. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, she came here illegally. And that was the thing, I got to experience that with her, and then I'm seeing she has her own child here that's able to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, so it was it was tough growing up because she didn't know how to get that passion out correctly. Um, it, it always what do you came mean up. by that? Uh, I got whooped a lot. Okay. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I w it was hard. Uh, she was a single mom uh, for a couple years, and it's it was stressful. And you can, at that time, I didn't know. Mm. Um, but it was just seeing how she was as a person, no matter what we were going through. It's what kind of stuck with me. And still, okay. me so you said it didn't matter what you're going through. She was still, she's consistent. So, yeah. give me some examples. What does that, what does that mean? Um, to me, it was just everyday stuff. Like mm -hmm. literally, it was wake up. We didn't know if we would have food the next day. Uh, my mom was always focused. Okay, I want you to go to school, learn yeah. everything you can, so you're not here struggling. Like, and she would take like I am. Um, and it, it, it's stuff that she still says to this day, you know, I don't want you struggling like I am. Mm. Um, and like I said, to me, I feel like the personal training came from her, how she raised me. Um, and that's because when it comes to the clients, it's like, you want to help them. Mm. You see things that they might not see, um, especially when it comes to when they look at themselves. They don't see the person that we see inside of them. Yeah. Um, and, th and again, that's where I got from my mom. It was just... A lot of emotion, a lot of passion. Anytime mm. she talked to us, um, sometimes I thought it'd be a little bit too much, especially with mm. the belt. Um, Mexican moms, they, it's not, it's not a whooping, it's a beating that you get. Yeah, laying, laying off on yeah no, and I mean that's where I got, you know, to me where I learned how to get tough skin, mm. um, growing up that way. Um, I, I'm not saying it was abusive, but it was something I'm glad that I had now. Mm. Um, back then, I. Be like every kid after you got whooped, go to your room. Oh, I hate her, I hate her. Mm -hmm. Don't say nothing too loud, but you know, it was just stuff like that that I'm grateful for. You know, so you learned from it. Oh, um, so this was you know, back in California, and you, yeah. and you learned these things pretty early on. Uh, what was it like uh, coming from California over here to Illinois? It was very weird. Um, when I came here, it was in the middle of winter, and I had never seen snow before. I've seen ice. So what was that like? Uh, it sucked because I had shorts and a button up on. 
a short sleeve button. Probably didn't have a lot of cold weather, a lot of like sweatshirts oh, and things like that. No, okay. No. Um, but then that's why my, my uh, grandmother, um, from my stepdad side of the family, uh, Miss Jeanette Joyce, um, she was awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome lady. She's your stepdad. Yeah. Um, and let's take backtrack just a tad bit. Where yeah. do they? Where does he come from? And um, he was stationed. He was in the Navy. He okay. was stationed in San Diego, um, a couple blocks away from oh, okay. where we lived at. Um, and him and my mom, I don't know how they met, but they met. And what he, was his name? Lionel. Lionel? Yeah. Okay. Um, when they met, I mean, they had just kicked off. You know, for me, it was, I didn't grow up with my, I grew up without my dad. So having that man, father figure step up, it, I was excited. Yeah. You know. And what was that like? Um, it was good. Starting off, um, taught me how to play football, you know, catching all that. Um, taught me how to be, you know, sports, track, and all that. He mm -hmm. did a lot of that. Um, but I learned a lot of stuff, you know, I, le I learned how to tie a tie, mm. I watched him shave, I never knew what that was, I'm yeah. so fascinated with Definitely that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it was cool, um, he, he taught us a lot, he was uh, very musically inclined, so he passed that on to us, but he, he saw that we had the gift naturally, okay. um, and all my brothers and sisters, we all play. Uh, some type of instrument, if not, maybe. How many brothers and sisters do you have? Um, here, with my mom and my stepdad, well, me and my older sister, uh, we have the same dad, but I What's have sister's name? Rihanna. Rihanna. Okay. Yeah, I have two sisters here and a brother here, and then I have two brothers and a sister, or two brothers yeah, and a sister down south in uh, South Carolina. Okay. So now you now you left me a lot of things. You said you you were passing you know musical gifts. What is what does that mean? Um, I played the violin starting in second grade, um, and I just had an ear for music. I literally could listen to something. I didn't, even, I didn't even know you played music uh, yeah. until recently, so that's that's awesome. How long, so how long have you been playing for? What do you uh, play? I play the violin. I've been playing for about 20 years now. Um, but now I'm you said you were musically inclined, but what, what got you into that? Um, they had an event at the junior high to where younger kids can come in and test out the instruments and see what mm -hmm. instrument they want to play next or if they want to do that. Um, I originally wanted to play the saxophone, and I got told no. Um, I kind of threw a fit. The lady told me to walk around. If I find something else, then that's fine. Why do you think, she, why do you think she said no? Um, it's all part of the plan. Um, I think she saw something for me that I didn't know yet. Mm. Um, so when I walked around, I heard a lady playing to the little star on the violin and I literally was drawn to that because it's a little piece of wood and you have a little bow mm -hmm. with horse hair and so much sound was coming out from that. Um, I watched the lady very closely, you know, how she was doing, how she was moving, what her fingers were doing. And then when it came to my turn to pick up the violin, I started playing it. Mm. Um, to me, and she looked at me and she said, I think this is for you. Yeah. Um, ever since then, like I just took off. Um, fourth grade, got a scholarship, Pratt Foundation. Um, and what it was, was pretty much me taking private lessons at Illinois Wesleyan. Um, and I did that from fourth grade all the way through high school. Wow. Um, each year costs about close to almost $50,000 a year. Wow. Um, but it was just one-on-one -on -one attention with a teacher, and they were literally just pushing you beyond what normal kids type of music you should be playing okay um fifth grade i'm over here playing beethoven mozart and all that um and it was just it was that's crazy it's it, it was because when i look back at it now i'm just like there's no way i was supposed to be able to do that mm. um but it was like i said can it was, you still play that today uh, i'm a little rusty a little rusty, uh, a little rusty but i mean i play other instruments a piano um i love piano it's every instrument's a different way to express yourself so, so what is it about the, the the violin and being able to play like what is it about that that really like just hits home for you um you have control uh because when i grew up i didn't really have a lot of control mm -hmm. um 
what do you mean by that? So let's let's take a left turn here. So you said you didn't have a lot of control at home. What, yeah. what does that mean? Well, when I grew up, I was pretty much told, okay, this is what you're gonna do. This is what you're gonna like. No questions asked. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff I felt like as a kid, I wasn't able to voice my opinion. Hey, this is what I want to get into. Okay. Um, so with the violin, I was able to actually I can control it. I can make it sound however I wanted to sound. <coughs> and it was just knowing that I had that much power and it just it, it didn't take much. It was literally just fingertips and you were doing that way. Yeah. So um, that's what I love about the violin. You have to be very delicate with it, but you can project okay. the loudest noise out. Now you said you know you said you didn't have a lot of control at home. Yeah. Uh, what 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 do you mean by that? Um my said that was going through some stuff at the time and you know it led to him, you know, drinking. Um he was an alcoholic. Um, verbally abusive, sometimes physically. Um, grew up seeing him and my mom kind of do the same thing with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was just kind of, my room was my safe haven. It was kind of like a prison at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, I got grounded a lot for things that, like not taking the trash out, grounded for four months. And it was literally like, to me, I just felt like I was being picked on a lot. So having that chance with the, the violin to have something control of and express myself the way I wanted to, um, that was my outlet. Um, That's awesome. Later got into football, um, fell in love with that too. So you got into football? What, what, yeah. when, when did this happen? Uh, that happened second grade. My stepdad, um, he had a friend, uh, Coach Van. I still see him to this day. Um, he coached for the Knockers. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, why don't you bring your son out? You know, Let him see if he likes it or not. I was a little mama's boy, so I was kind of afraid and timid the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, got my bell rung. And sadly, that's what made me like it. You know, The fact that you can get hit that hard you put on your back or you can still get back up. Mm. Um, and that's what kind of stuck with me with that. And then you also had that brotherhood with the guys mm. you played with because you're trusting that guy next to you to do his job so you don't get smacked. So now, I mean, I'm kind of, I kind of know what you mean by brotherhood. I play, I play a lot of football and I really enjoyed that growing up. I, I definitely relate to that, but I want to hear you talk about that. What do you mean by brotherhood? Um, it was just that sense of, of family. Um, as I got older, you know, especially going and playing at semi-pro level, um, the guys that I played with, I would kick it with them outside of practice or the games. Mm. Um, a lot of the guys, I, you know, I met their family, their mom, yeah. uh, their kids, and it was just seeing, you know, we're all different, but yet we still had that same passion and we're able to, you know, the voice it together. Um, I had some good years playing semi-pro, but I also met a lot of guys that are still, to this day, close friends. Um, some were even brothers. Yeah. Um, so it's just amazing what a sport that's just physical, you know, people think football, okay, big dumb guys running around. It's a team sport. Yeah. Um, and you, for us, we had to watch film. You know, a lot of people don't know what goes behind the scenes. They just see, okay, you guys are hitting each other. You guys are getting concussions. You guys can't talk right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of work went into it. You know, going into the gym, um, preparing for games, watching film, studying the person you got to guard. And it came down to where, you know, when it came to game day, you're able to control somebody by just little movements. Yeah. You know, putting a hand on the shoulder. Um, most receivers didn't like the fact that I was real physical. When I came up to press, so it was just, again, being able to do something that I've always wanted to do. Yeah, so, so sounds like football and, and music, you know, playing the Olympic violin were both very, uh, they were, sound like, say, it sounds like they were outlets yeah. for you. And uh, we talked about this, you know, a little earlier, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double back a little bit, because uh, we went down the music route a little bit, but you also mentioned a little bit about how um, your real dad, you know, wasn't, he wasn't with you yeah. uh, for a long time. So tell me a little bit about that. What, what's his name? where he comes from, and how, how did that affect you? Um, his name is Ricky. He's from South Ricky. Carolina. Um, it affected me a lot because for me, it's like, what did I do wrong for my dad not want to be around? Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up a lot as a kid, so I kind of didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. 
Um, There's a lot of stuff that I went through at home that I was like, I wish my dad was here. Um, and I would literally sometimes have conversations with myself saying, okay, my dad might say this. Because mm. um, for me, I never heard good job a lot. Um, so to me, it was just like, I just want my dad to say that. Yeah. Call and just do that. Um, it was very challenging, especially when I would. And how would that affect you when you, you know, um, you say that now at, yeah. at your age, but how did that affect you growing up, um, not hearing those things or, or not getting that? It made it tough, honestly, to have any type of relationship. Um, you know, I got friends and had close friends, but like the intimate relationship with a girlfriend, it, I always had that trouble communicating, hey, this is what's going on. Hey, I need help with this. Um, what do you mean by that? It, it, not having that intimate connection with my dad made it hard to show love. Um, cause like for me, what I say, you know, going home growing up was kind of tough. I didn't have that love that I needed to be able to express that to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was very difficult growing up as a kid. I got picked on to so made it even worse. <coughs> yeah. Picked um, on. Oh, yeah. So when you say picked on, uh, what would they, what would people do or get shoved in lockers, uh, get attempted to get swirlies, but I would always, mm -hmm. Open up my arms. Uh, wasn't let that happen. No, 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 not to me. No, especially okay. not no dirty toilet. No, I'm good. Mm -hmm. um, dirty I, toilet? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Um, and then getting power bomb on my head. Um, who is now one of my closest friends? Power bomb on your head? Yeah. Because how small this was this? Was second grade uh, when I first moved here, started school. Uh, met my friend Jared through that incident. Uh, you know, he picked me up. Turn me upside down, drop me on my head on the playground. Oh. Uh, we both went to the office. He looked at me. He goes, "I'm sorry." I looked at him. And I said, "It's okay." He goes, "You want to be my friend?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> and ever since then, you know, me and him, we had our little troubles um, in elementary school, but you know, that was one of the guys that stood up for me. Um, anybody, he goes, "If anybody's gonna beat him up, it's gonna be me," and he would step up and fight pretty much any battle that he knew and I knew that I could, you know, could win. So, going even though childhood was rough, I did have those friends that stepped up in the places uh -huh. that I needed them. So. That's awesome. And now let's start taking some, some steps forward. Let's start relating, relating some of this to where we're at today. So, you know, you talked about how you play violin and you're, you're super passionate about that. And you sound like you had some pretty good, good success uh, with that growing up. Yeah. Um, you put quite a bit of money towards that. You said forty to $50,000 yeah, a year. year. Yeah. How did that, how did that even? Um, what it was, you filled out an application for the Pratt Foundation and mm -hmm. then they pretty much did kind of like an interview with you one-on-one, um, and they saw something with the music, with the violin, and they took off with it. They, wow. they always pushed me every- So what was your peak, like when you, uh, when you, like what was your peak that you would say for your your uh, your musical career thus far? Because it sounds like you don't play it as much anymore. Yeah, no. Um, but what was your peak at, at that, you know, um, growing up? By the time I was in junior high, I had enough experience and skill um, at the violin to be able to be in the Illinois Symphony. Wow. Um, I got asked to do it, but I kind of got scared about it. Okay. Because um, I was the only kid there. I, I would have been the first kid under 18 that would have been. Why didn't you do it? Um, I let the fact that it was adults intimidate me. Um, and my. Intimidate main... you? So oh, yeah. What do you mean? Um, like I said, you know, being picked on, it made it kind of hard to kind of be confident in the talents that I had. You know, mm -hmm. I was always second guessing down to myself. Um, where, do you, where do you think that, so you think it comes from your being picked on? Um, um, being picked on and then how I grew up, you know, with my stepdad, um, who now, me and him are very close. Mm -hmm. um, but growing up, you know, it was challenging with him. Mm -hmm. um, but it it literally kind of just kept me inside. I, mm -hmm. I was afraid to open up my wings and just let out and, you know, to be mm -hmm. who I was. Because um, I was always afraid of being yelled at for anything. Yeah. Uh, laughing too much. Why are you always smiling? Well, okay, why are you doing this? And it felt like I couldn't 
be happy for anything. So it literally, I would go home, just stay in my room. Um, it was it was kind of hard to enjoy things because you're always looking over your shoulder. Am I going to get in trouble for this? Um, but it, you know, it was challenging. So enjoy things, and, and you said you had always were always looking around over your shoulder, yeah. and you didn't, you just weren't confident to kind of you know let loose almost. It yeah. sounds like. Um, and now we're we're pushing along a little bit. You got into football, yeah, and you enjoyed that a lot. And you talked about the brotherhood and you know how you really you enjoyed the team aspect of that. Yeah. Um, now, how does that, how do those things relate to what you do today? And we still have some things to talk about. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about what happened, what, what, you know, how, how things have been since you got out of high school, but how do those two things relate to what you're trying to do now in terms of being a trainer and then, you know, Sunday opening up your own gym? Yeah, um, it, it deals with everything because if, if you can be passionate about the things that you love and you can't express it right, mm -hmm. um, everything's going to be felt, felt forced. Um, and that's one thing that I was grateful for with music and football. I was able to have to learn how people operated. Yeah. With football, we have to study how people run. You know, receivers. If the guy, if the guy you're guarding, what's his favorite route? How he, does he okay. show it? What he's about to run? Um, it came down to just like little things. If he's looking where he's going to be running at. Um, now with the personal training, it's able to see, especially if you're working with somebody for the first time, don't know anything about them. Mm -hmm. um, you're able to help them adjust. Um, and then while you're building that relationship with them, you're able to see how much transformation that actually comes from that. And that's one thing that I find, it, it, to me, it's amazing. Um, because especially when you see that client's face, okay, I just bench press how much? Mm -hmm. And you told me I was gonna do this about a couple weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, I tell you guys, like, and I tell all clients, I see things in you that you don't know yet. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing when they finally start clicking and saying, okay, maybe he is right, maybe I am mm -hmm. this person that I haven't seen myself. To it be. sounds like you get that, a lot of those things from your, you know, from your parents or yeah. it's more, I think more, Specific, I can't say it specifically, specifically yeah. your mom, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, now we're now we're moving forward a little bit. You know, you got out of high school, yeah. and it sounds like you didn't you didn't continue playing violin out of high school or, or continue with that. What happened there? Um, with the whole violin thing, um, growing up, I was pretty much forced to practice. Okay. I loved it, but how my stepdad was, he was strict about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, okay, I'm 18. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. So okay. I stopped playing. Um, but I always got questioned, you know, from people that knew me growing up, why'd you stop? You know, are you still playing? Um, but you know, it, it, after after high school, um, went over to Quincy University, um, got involved in partying, so that didn't last long. Played football over there, that didn't last long either. Um, came back home. Um, you went to Quincy? Yeah. And what year was this? Uh, 2006. Okay, what year, what year did you graduate high school? 06. 06? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of old. Uh, but I mean, kind of old, yeah, yeah, kind of I, old. Uh, I was a freshman <laughs> in 2006. So. Yeah, um, but I went to Quincy to double major in chemistry and music. Mm -hmm. um, and people was like, okay, you play football and you want to do chemistry and what? Mm -hmm. Like football players don't do that. I'm like, yeah. well, you're not limited right. to what you want to do. And do what you want to do. Yeah. Wow. And you said that didn't last very long. What happened? So you got got into partying. Got into partying. Um, also had a high school sweetheart. Um, so I kept coming back. High school sweetheart. What's her? What was her name? Uh, her name is Christine. And how uh, did you? Uh, how did you meet? Uh, we met at high school. It was my sophomore year. Um, we're waiting. Uh, I believe it was right before school started. And I just remember seeing this girl come up with some white shoes on, jeans, and a pink hoodie. Mm. And she had braces at the time. I'm like, she's hot. Mm. Like that's what I want. Um, you know, we hung out a lot, started talking, started dating, uh, went on and off, ended up having a kid after high school together. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, it was, it was cool. You know, I'd seen the stuff on TV, didn't really believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that happened to me. So I was just like, all right. Seen what on TV? What do you mean? Oh, uh, you know, the high school 
girls and guys dating and all that. And the guy looks at the girl, he's like all drooling and all that. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, that can't be real. Because I didn't, for me, that's like love. I'm like, no. That's, so that was you. You were sitting. You were sitting in school one day. And you were drooling on the uh, drool. Mm -hmm. everywhere. I had caution wet floor sign behind me. But mm -hmm. I mean, it was when I saw her. I'm like, yeah, she's she's the one. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so went, you, out college. Yeah, went out to college. Yeah, went out to college. Yeah. It sounds like you both were still together. Yeah. Um, and you got in the party. So tell me yeah. a little bit about that. And you said you didn't last very long. What, what happened there? Um, stuff. Some stuff had happened at the house uh, with the family. Um, what things? What stuff? Uh, found out my sister had been molested for a couple of years. Been molested? Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. So, it that that was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to face in life. Okay. Um, knowing that you're the big brother and you couldn't protect your sister from that, and mm -hmm. the fact that it happened for years, uh, for me going through high school, um, it happened my senior year when we found out about it. So when I went off to college, I literally was just getting mad and going out and getting drunk. Um, resorted to alcohol, uh, pot, pills. Um, just to try to numb it because so how did you react whenever you found out I was very very angry um, came into the house told me he needed to get out um, told him if he didn't get out I was gonna kill him mm -hmm. um, and it was my stepdad so with that it was just like the one person that I trust this family member you you're able to do that and to me that kind of turned me kind of cold-hearted because mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking if I can't trust a family member I can't trust anybody else yeah um, so that pretty much led to just a couple years of just a dark path. Um, pretty much, I lost who I was, uh, dropped out of school, came here, went back to enrolled in college, dropped out again, uh, read the party and go to work. Um, I would literally drink, start drinking at like five o'clock in the afternoon, all the way to like two thirty in the morning, and just repeated every day. Um, and it got to the point to where I lost a relationship with my son's mom. Uh, ended up getting in legal trouble because of it, and that's when I had my door of opportunity to actually discover mm -hmm. what this addiction or this disease was that people know, like you're an alcoholic, you have this anger issues and this, this and that, and not really being educated, but then when I got in trouble, I had a chance to learn about myself, why I acted a certain way, and a lot of it came down to it, I mean, it's just generational stuff, you know, I later on found out my, my real father he was an alcoholic, he had the same issues, and it, it, it branched down to throughout our whole family, even on my stepdad's so side. So you said your real father had, had issues, what kind of issues did he have? Um, him and my dad were pretty much almost the same, you know, they both like to drink. Mm. Um, for me, I grew up, that looked normal. Uh, every day, come home and get a drink, that was a typical day. Yeah. Um, but it was just very hard because here you have a father that's not there, same issues, and then you have a father at home, same issues. Um, and it's just like, okay, if wow. this one dad and this is another dad, that's how I'm going to grow up. Yeah. Um, and that 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 kind of held me down a lot because I lim limited myself because I'm thinking in my head, why even try to do anything better because I'm going to end up mm -hmm. like either or. Um, so that, it was really hard, um, especially having relationships. It That was the hardest thing I think that got affected by all the drinking and all that because I wasn't able to be the real me. Um, they said you drank quite a bit. Oh yeah. Um, and you said you had a child with yeah. Christine. Um, what, what's it? What's their name? Uh, his name is Jeremiah Pippins. Jeremiah Pippins. Yeah. Okay. Man child. How old is he now? He is seven. 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 Wow. Um, and with that, um, the court battle, I ended up losing uh, rights to see him. So before we get to any of that, yeah. what, I mean, what happened? Why? So um, lose rights, and you know, what does that? What does that all mean? It happened because uh, it slowly got to that point. 
Um, I told his mom, like, hey, something's going on. And I, I knew something was happening. I couldn't pinpoint what it was. I, just felt, I felt dark. I, I felt like I'm losing myself. Um, and then after that, that's when I noticed things started to get worse. I started drinking a lot more. Um, I would literally just go and get high all day. Mm. And it, it would literally, I would keep a job for about two, three weeks and quit. Keep another job, keep it for maybe two months and quit. Um, so I never really found my niche um, until I got in trouble. Um, and to me, I, you know, I say it's a blessing in disguise. Other people are like, oh man, you, you lost all this, this and that. And it was just, you know, I, I lost the old me. What was which, that like? I mean, so tell me a little bit about that. I mean, you at that point, cause I, I, I didn't know you back then. Yeah. Um, so tell me, you know, you know, you said you were, you had hard time keeping jobs and yeah. you were constantly drinking and smoking and, and doing all sorts of things that you knew you shouldn't be doing. And you, you even said it yourself. Yeah. Um, so what, what were you like back then? Um, I was an a-hole, pretty okay. much, uh, summing up. I uh, didn't care about anybody else. I uh, didn't want to help anybody else if it was, wasn't convenient for me, if I wasn't getting something back. Um, and I, I literally, I just went numb. I was literally just like a zombie walking around. I had no feelings, no emotions, but when it came down to it, I would express anger just like that. That was my go-to emotion. Um, so you need some examples. Dude, I would flip out. Um, when the whole thing happened between me and my son's mom, yeah, what happened there? I mean, so I mean, you don't just you don't just go to court for yeah, you know, nothing. I mean, things had to have happened or transpired or even been building up to that. So, you know, what, what was going on at that point? Um, she she understood what I had told her, but she didn't know how to help. Uh, and and I just told her, you know, if anything, I want you to get our son. I want you to get away from me if it starts to get, you know it gets worse. And had you been showing some things up to this point? I mean, what what? Um, it was just being verbally just malicious towards her, um, talking her down, breaking her down. And it was because I wasn't secure about myself. I hated myself. So her being the closest person that was to me, mm -hmm. would get it out on her. Um, and then one night she came over, uh, we shared a car and she says, Hey, I'm taking the car. Um, she goes, but you're not gonna be able to see your son right now. Um, for me, I flipped out and what happened? she went to go put the car in reverse. And I put my foot right behind the tire and said, you're not moving until we talk about me seeing my son. And she went in reverse and parked around on my foot. And next thing you know, I just remember blacking out. Um, next thing I know, my mom's yelling and grabbing me, telling me to put the car down and come inside. Put the car down? Put so the car what down. do you mean? Um, my mom had said the minute that the car went on my foot, um, I literally just went. <coughs> she said, the way she said it, she's like, you, you just turned into a demon. I broke the windshield with my hand. Um, pounded on it a couple times, and then when I lifted the car to get the car off my foot, how much adrenaline was rushing through, she was literally looking at the concrete on her side. So I had the car up on two wheels. You had it like on its side? Not completely on the side. What kind of car was this? How, Nissan Maxima. How, how heavy are those cars? Uh, that's about a good 5,000, 6,000 pounds. Okay. And with the emotion I felt, me being told, you're not going to be able to see your kid, to me it's... And how did that make you feel? It brought me back to childhood because I didn't see my dad. Mm. And I knew how... The, that made me feel what the struggles were and I just flipped out. Mm. Um, in the end, I, I now see it was me trying to protect my kid, but I did it in, in, in the wrong way. Yeah. Um, after that happened, she drove home, I don't know how, with the windshield. And I'm inside, I'm, I'm shaking because the adrenaline had started to wear off. I didn't even know my hand was bleeding. I hear a knock at the door, it's the cops. Um, they come in, ask for a statement. And I just, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't remember. Mm. And they showed me a picture of the windshield and I just lost it because that's the person that I love that I wanted to protect and yet I damn near almost did something stupid. 
Um, to me, that when was that. this? How long? So uh, that was in 2012, I believe. So this is. So your son was around at this point. He said that he wasn't going to have. You know, you weren't going to see me. Or how old was he with this, at this point? I think he was two, two and a half, almost three. What um, was he like? What was he like around that time? Man, that was my man, my little man. We would take naps. Uh, we did everything together. Ate. I mean, we'd get in fights with each other because I'd pick off his plate, he'd pick off mm -hmm. mine. Uh, but you know, that was that was my little me, me. You know, I mean, we did a lot of stuff together. It was just, again, having that bond with a child. I, I it was a feeling that I've been looking for. Mm -hmm. um, that right, I wanted. So what do you mean by that? feeling that you've been looking for? What, love. What does that mean? True love. love. Um, because anytime I came to the house, daddy, daddy, mm -hmm. drooling, wet kisses, and all that. And to me, that what I was going through, all that kind of temporarily went away when I was around. Um, so being around them every day, I literally had them. She would go to work. Um, again, I couldn't keep a job, but I would, you know, keep him every day. And it was just amazing because you have that connection with a child. You can yeah. see that that connection that nobody can see, but it's just like, I don't have to say anything. He already knows. So. Well, um, and so obviously, it sounds like afterwards you had some court yeah. um, battles. And tell me a little bit about that. What 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 happened there? And you know, where are we at now? Um, that was the toughest period of my life because um, like I said I lost myself I'm trying to discover who I am what I'm what am I good at um, yeah. pretty much because I was just being having labels thrown at me okay you're an alcoholic you're uh, angered person you do this you do that and I'm just like okay can nobody tell me I'm something good um, so when I got into court the judge which kind of helped me turn the new chapter he, he looked at me and goes this is not you he goes, I see somebody greater than what you're doing on this sheet of paper. He goes, I want you to come back in a couple months. And I want you to have a different mindset. And with the classes that they uh, recommended me for the take, or required for me to take, <clears throat> I went in and said, okay, I'm just going to take these classes and get it done with so I can get whatever I need. Okay, what kind of classes were they? Um, anger management, drug and alcohol um, classes, and then I had to go to Chestnut, um, mm -hmm. which was for drug and alcohol treatment. Okay. Um, but when in those classes, I've learned a lot. Yes, I can have anger, but anger can also be used as a good way to... Yeah, so what, yeah, and that's my next question. What were some things that you learned in that class? It sounds like those those two months were pretty crucial for you. Yeah. Um, since you talked about them, so what, what did you learn during that time? That is not our fault. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of stuff that we have, like the issues that we have, um, you can't look at it as a negative because um, then you just start beating yourself down, and that's that was my problem growing up. Um, and with the classes, I was able to get educated on how to counteract those negative thoughts that would always come up. Um, how to see physical signs if I'm about to get upset. Um, that was those are things that. So I give me some know. examples. Like what, what do you? Because uh, I have never been a part of anything like this, so yeah. I'm I'm curious now. So what what are some examples or some things that you know signs or things that you should, should be looking for? Or, um, you know, how how to do that? How to do those things? For me, food. Food. Uh, if okay, I so would, if, <laughs> if I haven't ate, that is like the worst time for me you to be crazy. upset. Yeah, because it, it literally just goes off. But like the physical signs for me would be feeling you no know, veins sticking out, mm -hmm. forehead, palms getting sweaty. Um, my first sign is my body heat getting blown up because okay. I literally start boiling. Mm -hmm. um, then once, so what do you do when you see those things happen? Take a deep breath okay. and just relax. Um, but with the classes, it, we were taught to okay figure out what the problem is, what's triggering it, mm -hmm. and see if this is something you can be around. Yeah. Um, it was certain people I couldn't be around anymore because it was just certain things that we used to do that would trigger those moments and so, so what's some what do you mean by that certain thing drinking drinking uh drinking uh that i couldn't do it to the level i was doing it every day all day all night mm. um because it was literally just tearing me up from the inside out i was yeah. literally running away from problems trying to go through it through mm. a bottle um and that 
to me, I just felt like I couldn't solve anything, um, that, which made me even more angry. But when I had these classes, I was able, I was given tools to help better myself and then help others as well. Right. Um, to me, I, it, it's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it hurt and it sucked, but I wouldn't change it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't take it back because um, the things yeah. that I learned. Um, it sucks now because right now I still haven't seen my son in about three years, um, and it's that constant yeah, reminder. for three years. Yeah. Um, so the so what was the ruling that I was deemed labeled an unfit parent? Because um, what I went through, um, yeah, male see your child for you haven't seen male see Jeremiah for three years, yeah. and how has that been? Um, that's rough every day. Um, but you know, growing up with my mom, she always says, you know, always keep doing what you need to do, so that way in the end it pays off. Um, and right now, you know, I'm pretty much doing this personal training because I know my son will one day see it and say, okay, my dad is not what he was mm -hmm. labeled as, and I want him to do better. Um, and that's for me. I've always had a passion to help others, okay. and I. I, for me, I know my son, he's going to do the same thing. I want him to do even better. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the thing, you know, you got to keep going, setting examples for him, even though he's not. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so the, a lot of things that you do with personal training comes back to, you know, well, obviously from your, your passion for helping people from your mom, but, you know, one of the main reasons that you do that is for Jeremiah, because yeah. you want him to see the good things that you're doing now. I also, the, the ultimate thing is I want him to understand that you're going to have flaws, but that doesn't make you somebody that like an evil person. You, mm. even through those flaws, if you do it right and pray to God, because I that's what I used to do when I would say prayers. You you can't. It's it's not something bad. It's something where you can actually gain the strength from. Mm. Um, because if you know your weakness, work on it. Right. So where are some things that you have? To, so you you was so is it safe to say that you've turned some of your weaknesses that you perceived as into more of a strength? Yeah. So tell me some examples of that. I was very uh, shy and did not like express myself opening mm -hmm. up. Um, with everything that I went through with court, I've learned that I do need to express myself because yeah. people aren't be able to help me if I need the help if I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just, again, like I, I find everything I went through just a, a blessing. Um, and it's just, I, like I said, I wouldn't take it back. And it's just, you know, not being afraid to express how I feel was my major thing growing up. Um, and that was the main thing that kind of led me down that dark path because I just got so angry that I couldn't mm -hmm. do it. Um, but, you know, now having those tools to be able to do that on a daily basis and still be like it's brand new, um, wow. I think that's what's cool. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and this isn't necessarily anything, you know, let's talk about the next time you see Jeremiah. Cause, you know, I, mean, I mean, a lot. he's going to be alive for a long time. There's yeah. no way you're not going to be, you're, you're going to be held back from seeing him at some point you'll be able to see him, yeah. right? So what are, what are some things that, what, what's the first thing that's gonna go through your mind? What's the first thing that you're gonna say to him whenever you see him? I'm gonna cry and tell him I love him. Just repeat it over and over, hold him tight, because you know, that's my child. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't feel any parent should ever have that type of pain inflicted on because of what they went through and not knowing what the actual problem was. Um, but you know, that's, just keep doing it. Every, any parent should do. You know, and just because I missed so many years doesn't mean, oh, I gotta start over and do it. No, just pick up where you left off. Um, and to me, you know, it's just being a father. You know, that's what's in my DNA, it's in my blood, and that's what I want to do. And so what would that mean for you? It would mean the world to me. Um, to be able to see him, you know, it it would be good. Because, yeah. um, like I said, every day it hurts, um, but you got to keep going. But, you know, I, I always wake up, it hurts, but you wake up and keep going. Because mm -hmm. um, I don't want him, when he gets of age, when he goes through his issues, to stop. I don't mm -hmm. want him to go where I want. I don't want him feeling 
negative about himself. I don't want him thinking negative about anybody else. I want him to understand that, yes, I'm going to have these bad things, but that doesn't mean I have to be that person. Because yeah. um, that's the main thing that stuck with me. I got labeled as unfit parent and all this other stuff. And that literally, people understand words can mess with somebody like that. Um, so when you hear that growing up and then hear it from a judge that is telling you, hey, you need to go get help. Mm. You know, I just want my son to know, hey, just be brave. Every day, just take it day by day. Don't don't stress and treat his mom with respect. That is my major thing, you know, just treat everybody with respect. Because mm. you never know when you're going to need that that uplifting moment from somebody. It could yeah. be a stranger, so. Wow, man. Uh, that's some pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. So what I want you to do right now is I'll imagine, imagine Jeremiah sitting right here. What, what would you say to him? I know you've already said some things that you would say, but if you were sitting right there, I know you said you, said you would tell him that you love him, but what would you tell him right now? Do what you love doing, and don't let nobody stop you, not even mom or dad. Because awesome. um, that, to me, that's how we discover ourselves. When you follow the things that you love, that you're passionate about, you figure out more stuff about yourself. You might find some more flaws that you can work on to better yourself, and it's just, don't ever quit. Don't ever, no matter what, you, don't mm -hmm. ever, ever, excuse my language, fucking quit ever. Hey man, this isn't there, there's nothing censored <laughs> about the, this this Q and A show. Yeah. So you, you let it all out. So now let's take a step forward. You know, you uh, you told me you told us you know told me your entire story, and you know you got some pretty you know pretty deep things here. I mean, yeah. you've been through some crazy stuff. It sounds oh, yeah. like and I feel like we can, we can sit here and talk all day. You say you're a trainer now, and you yeah. have the aspirations to own your gym someday, someday, yeah. right? So tell me about that. You know, what do you you know? What do you mean by that, and you know, what are we looking to accomplish with that? Um, if anything, I would love to have a gym uh, back at home at San Diego, um, which is pretty much just giving back. Um, and why, why isn't it so important for you to always give back and, and do things like, you know, it sounds like your mom did, and, yeah. and why is it important for you to, to help people and give back in that, in that, in that sense? Um, because when I got into all that legal trouble before that, you know, I felt like I just took everything that I could from everybody and anybody. Um, didn't treat people with respect and you know, it's I Feel like I can never repay that um, So that's for me That's why I want to have the opportunity and the blessing to be able to help people like that because I Having that experience. I know what people are going through mm. and that shit sucks Because um, it feels like you don't have an outlet. You don't have anybody to go to um, But it's just we're not educated on those certain issues and that's why I want to be able to do is educate people and letting them know you don't have this type of disease, you know, it's something that you can work through. And how would owning a gym, and you said at the beginning, you talked about how you wanted to help people who have alcohol issues. Yeah. How would owning a gym help out people out in that sense? I mean, what is, it, it, how does that all tie in? It changes your lifestyle. I mean, because you can go in there and just lift weights, but if you're not doing the dieting, um, you know, any, everything else that goes with it, I mean, it's, it's literally, for me, it's what kept me out of jail. So you feel like health and fitness is, is, a, is a great way to get out of, um, the, 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 the issues of like alcoholism yeah. and, and things like that. Um, it helps with depression. I had that. Um, it helps with anger. I mean, it, the gym literally helps with everything. And I tell people, and I even tell my clients, if you can manage your life, this workout won't do anything to you. Mm -hmm. Like you've been through tougher. I always tell clients, I just start getting tired when you've been through tougher. Yeah. Um, and since we know them a lot, you know, I'll pull up certain incidents. Um, and it's just like, you went through this and you're going to tell me you can't mm -hmm. give me five more. Come on, let's get it. Um, and that's one thing, you know, I, through everything that kind of stuck through with me, it's like no matter what you've been through, life is always going to be hard. Yeah. So why quit? Because yeah. you quit, life's still going to come down on you. Absolutely. So that's crazy, dude. Uh, well, I don't know if I necessarily have any more uh, any more questions about anything. 
Um, before we get out of here, we're, I'm gonna leave you with, uh, I'm gonna give you the floor and you can, you know, anything that you'd like to say right now, is there anything else that you'd like to add in to everything that you've already told us? Um, people ask me how did I, how was I able to turn over and become somebody different it's because of God. Um, for me, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here in this situation, I wouldn't be alive. Um, and I wouldn't have went through the things I went through um, and came out the way I did. Um, and it's just, it, it's amazing to see, even when I thought my bad times, he was still there taking care of me, you know, guiding me through. And that's the thing that I find amazing about him. It's, we don't have to ask, and he does it. So it, it's, for those that do bad pray. Bad things can lead to good things. Yeah, um, and blessings, blessings come, come in disguises. Um, so don't ever get discouraged when something bad happens to you. There's Faith. always something. You need to Faith. And um, for me, that it helped out a lot, especially with this job, because I'm able to help people. Mm. Um, and they they don't understand that I have faith in them because of what I've been through. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of speechless. I, I honestly <laughs> don't even know what to say uh, right now other than to uh, you know start wrapping this up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I really hope the people that I, – I hope the right people reach this because I feel like your your story is something that – Man, I mean, yeah, you have some crazy, you know, some yeah. crazy things go on. Go on. I know a lot. I know there are a lot of people out there that can relate to yeah. the alcoholism issues that you had, and especially with the, 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 you know, the, the, the parent relationship yeah. that you've had, and also the, you know, the son, you know, not being able to see your son for a while. There's a lot of people out there that that you know are going through and have gone through similar situations. So, really hope that reaches the, the hopes. Hope that reaches the right people. Yeah. Um, outside of that, let's let's go ahead and wrap this up a little bit. Um, so the people that are watching this, how can they reach you? Uh, you can reach me on Facebook, Ramon Pippins. It's not the profile with the little kid on it. That's me still. Um, I forgot the password, so I can't use that one. Um, on Facebook, and then on Instagram is RP underscore fourth quarter fitness. RP um, underscore fourth fourth quarter, quarter fitness. fitness. Yeah. And that's where you spell out for, or do you? Is it no? Number? It's the number four. Okay fourth quarter and then fitness awesome yeah. well uh yeah if you have any more questions anything that you want to know from him reach out to him let him know that you uh that you heard this because I, the, the the impact and you know uh him having the ability to share this story is awesome nowadays so um outside of that you should know know me by now if you watched the last couple episodes um i'm curtis robinson my instagram is coach kurt dot fit and outside of that we're out of here have